as the famous skit goes, who's on first? I don't know is on shortstop. I don't know. Jeff doesn't know. You don't know. The Guardians don't really know. And it's a time to rejoice, because it's Christmas, but because the last time we'll have to talk about Ahmed Rosario. You think? You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. We want to thank you for joining us to all of our everydayers. Um, you know, specifically Alton. I'm going to throw it out to Alton, who always comes with the great content. And once giving me great content for like a month in the offseason. Do want to take a second and say today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to get started today. I, you know, Ahmed, everyone's so excited that Shane Bieber went to driveline. Ahmed did it first. He was there a month ago. He's unsigned. They brought back Hedgie. Next thing is Ahmed. They're bringing back the gang. And if you want to, um, if you want to go check out the driveline video of Ahmed, um, he is like, how should I put this? He's looking quite jacked and he does the whole thing in, uh, in boxer shorts. It is, uh, it's, it's an interesting 24 seconds. You just, just, I, we can't show it on here. I believe we'd get demonetized just from showing that video. It's that type of content. But, uh, oh, and I do want to throw one quick note out there. If you're leaving swear words in our Google comments, it's not about us. I know, but it's, it's not going to get posted. We, we have a general rule, uh, about swear words. This is a family friendly show in spite of, it's not our rule. It's the network's rule about, uh, about a med. So don't get mad at me. That's happening. And we're going to do a bonus show after this show. So, uh, it's going to be YouTube only. The reason we do the YouTube only ones is because it's just easier. Um, when we have to go do the audio, we have to rip it. We have to pull it. We have to edit it and do everything. But we're going to handle the fact that I went semi-viral today for tweets on Shane Bieber and get into that. And the fact that I was quoted as not just a source, but also basically accused of being a tool for the Guardian's front office, which sadly is not the first you time are a tool, that has happened. But, you know. Yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> many people have called me a tool. But uh, the number of people who think I'm somehow working behind the scenes for the Guardians, I wish, pay me. Uh, or, I, I mean, it'd be a dream to work in baseball. Uh, I recently kind of gave up that dream because uh, I'm like, I'm old and I got a family and I can't I can't apply for area scout jobs. But you heard uh, it first. Jeff's carrying the water for the Dolans. He said it right now. He just said it. He just said it here. I mean, I, like I said, it, it would be a dream to work in baseball. I'm, I'm just going to state that. I don't know anyone. If, if you're out there and listening and it isn't your dream to work in baseball, but you still love it, I... I don't know. I mean, Jeff's, then again, I'm the Jeff's person. Checks from this podcast are paid by Paul Dolan. Don't, from Tecna. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do it now, but it would, it would, if you pulled up all of my OTP minutes on Steam, and that's not even counting the leagues I did that were pre Steam, that were like, you know, 30 team. Like, I have spent more time playing out of the park baseball than any other baseball game or any other sport, any other game, maybe combined. It's, it's bad. Don't, don't look in my steam. That's the most embarrassing thing in my steam account would be looking at the sheer number of hours I have played in simulation baseball. But uh, you know, here's the thing in my simulation baseball leagues uh, going back to when the guardian acquired Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez. The funny thing about that deal, when I tried to make it occur in the OTP league, it told me it was an unfair deal for the Mets. Just like this past year, it wouldn't let me trade Aaron Savali for Kyle uh, Kyle Manzardo. It, it's a view that is a, is a terrible deal. I would have to put myself in commission mode to force both of those deals uh, to occur. And, uh, you know, Ahmed Rosario, 
it was interesting because it was supposed to be Andres Jimenez's job. And then he kind of pooped the bed and they tried Rosario at a few spots. And then we kind of learned that Ahmed Rosario can only play shortstop. Uh, he can't handle any other position. It felt like they put him in left field and it was a disaster show. For some reason, they refused to try him at second. I know he played a little bit there uh, with the Dodgers, who kind of put him in his, his perfect role. And, and as someone who was called an Ahmed hater, I will say, like, time here is mostly fine. Like, he was a league average shortstop, a terrible defender. He was a two-win player. Uh, listen, Arias, Rokio, Yu Chen Chang, none of these guys have sent the world on fire. Um, they didn't have a clear replacement so far. Like, none of these guys are, have shown that, yes, we should have cut Ahmed years ago. Um, we should have never given him a contract last year. Uh, none of that's really shown. Like, was he great this year? No. Was it a position they should have tr- tried to look to upgrade? Yes, but they also have a million and a half, and that's an under calculation shortstop prospects. I just weirdly, none of them are stepping up. We haven't figured out by now. Today, we said we're reviewing the shortstop position for the Guardians in 2023 as we're reviewing all of the positions in the Guardians system or Guardians major leagues and minor leagues from 2023. And all I can say is I'm glad is that John Lennon wrote a song about Ahmed Rosario way back when he said the war is over. It's uh, the Ahmed wars are over. We, it's the last time we have to talk about Ahmed Rosario. And I am I'm so glad for that because I just ran out of words and patience for all the for all the conversation around this topic, it was very clear from, look, in 2022, 2021, they didn't really have a better option once they traded Francisco Lindor, right? Like, that was the best they could do was Ahmed Rosario at that time. They had, like you said, they tried out uh, Jimenez. Jimenez had a great spring training in 2022. And they were like, okay, we're going to have him break camp with the ball club. And, and he played ashore. And they were like, okay, we'll try Ahmed in center without, like, any real – practice like he was taking fly balls in spring training and not really playing and then yeah rosario or uh menace struggled and then they sent him back down and rosario assumed him shortstop and it was a disaster ever since and rosario had a, a fine 2022 for cleveland um you know he was 90 he had a 91 op i'm sorry he had a 105 wrc plus in 2022 which again 100 is league average so he it's was just, it's just the weird thing that he was i'm gonna do that everyone's everything and remind everyone too that like if you could convince him out of Rosario to sit at home until the month of May, he would have been like a 110. You know, he would have been an above average player for whatever reason. April, you know, May, I actually have him come out in June. He's weird profile. He's like Jim Tomey. The only time you're ever going to hear that comparison between the two of them. Don't ever compare anybody to Jim Tomey. I don't even want to compare Nick Kurtz to Jim Tomey, even though I, I kind of am. Anyway, that's for another show. So, yeah, Friday. Rosario. <laughs> Yeah, Friday. So Rosario was fine in 2022, and he was fine in 2023. He was, I'm sorry, 21, 21 and 22. Um, just he was a little above league average offensively. He stole some bases. He was a horrendous defensive shortstop in 2022. Once they took the shift away, or I'm sorry, no, it was he was a horrendous defensive shortstop both years. Truthfully, he's he's yeah, been he's a horrendous bad. defensive shortstop his entire career, uh, and last year was as bad as it gets without the shift. So. Cleveland just didn't cut ties soon enough. I'm not sure why two things that didn't make sense to me last year, all year with how bad this lineup struggled is, you know, they, they were focused so much on getting veterans their levels. That was one of Tito's favorite lines is getting veterans their levels and believing that they're going to. And I will say in, in the defense of that argument is Cleveland, if you had gotten the 2022 version of Ahmed Rosario last year, this offense probably looks a little bit better. And that's because he was so bad. 
He literally last year had an 88 WRC plus with Cleveland. It was below average. You can't have a below average offensive profile at a premium position where you don't also play defense. Like that just doesn't work, especially for a team that struggles to score like Cleveland. You've either got to prevent runs or you got to score runs. Med Rosario was doing neither of those things. And it just, I understand why you stuck with them for a little bit because you know, that in 2022, it made sense. Last year you had options. You had other options you could go to. And if he had just played against left-handers, if you're watching on YouTube, the stats are scrolling on the bottom. In And against left-handers last year, he had a 112 WRC plus for his career against lefties. He had a 121 WRC plus. So not only did you wait all year to hope to God that Ahmed Rosario became a league average off uh, hitter, because that's how bad this team needed it. Just a league average hitter, even though he was squat defensively. You know, you didn't even try to just, okay, let's just play him against lefties. Let's play Arias against righties. We're going to talk about Arias because guess what? That's the, the side of the platoon that, that, that he could not hit. And at least was, moving was down the line. Like yeah, that get... never happened either. They, they hey. never even, there was no attempt to try to help. Like they kept saying that he plays an important role in the team. And there was like a couple games where he moved down the lineup and then he was back at the second all of a sudden. And there was never, there was never any trial last year to like, reduce the negative impact he was having while still playing and it, it felt like it felt like all year they were just trying to do him a favor by not taking his trade or free agent value by not moving him off shortstop by not only playing against lefties because then going into 2024 he'd have poor value because he wouldn't be on the field as much and teams might see but guess what if you put him in a role where he only plays against lefties i guess i don't know it just felt like all year they were trying to do right by a med because a he was a supposedly a team leader, which I understand. Because I will say this: the guy runs hard, he played hard every day, great attitude in the clubhouse. That you, you do need those guys. There's no doubt. But leaving him there as long as you did, I think if Rosario was truly a good clubhouse guy, he would have understood being put into a yes. role that was better for his needs, and that was either playing second base, even though the Dodgers put him at second base like a week into getting him. He hadn't played there. And they were like, no, you're playing second. We're not, we're not playing it short. Um, the outfield didn't go well for him, but they, they, there was no t- attempt to try any of this. There was no attempt to, to put him in the line, bottom of the lineup more consistently. There was no attempt to platoon him against lefties. I think they did more damage to his free agent value by doing what they did versus putting him in a role that makes him succeed because truly Ahmed Rosario against lefties is a playable offensive player. You don't want him to play him at shortstop, but he might work at first. He might work at second. He might work in center. He might work in left. I don't know. Try those things. Play him against lefties. Improve your team, and and you put him in a role that he succeeds in. That's what's supposed to happen for Cleveland, and I think they did him, did him more harm than good by leaving him in the, in the role they had him in last year and let us all idiots online just talk about Ahmed Rosario over and over and over until we were all blue in the face. Um, and until we move on to Gabriel Arias, that's all I can, can say. Can we talk about the the great humor of when he was taken out? Whoever played shortstop also batted second. They were, second. So af- <laughs> they were so afraid of like disrupting a lineup that was the worst lineup in baseball in terms of producing runs. But we can't mess with it. We can't mess Did with not. what's not working. So hey, we're gonna put whoever's playing. Like there was just you know Tito was one of the greatest managers this team's ever had, but really lineup management last year was, was a disaster from start to finish. Uh, but yeah, uh, mind, know, mind blowing more experiments were not tried to make this thing better. I mean, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and getting the same results. They got the same results for months with this lineup and with a Rosario. 
and they never change anything. By the way, for I want to point this out. We need to switch to break and move on to Gabriel Arias, but I want to point this out too for people who thought, oh, look at that. He went to the Dodgers. He was so good. He ended up having worse numbers with the Dodgers in the end. He ended up hitting with the Dodgers uh, to a tune of um, a one. I'm sorry. He had a, okay. He had a 90, 93 OPS plus, or later runs created plus. So he improved by six, less than six, less than less than a percent. Okay. Also he while playing an ideal Dodgers. role. Yeah. He was a bench player for them yeah. and he played less. Actually he had positive value for them because his role was reduced with them, but he was still poor offensively below league average, but they still found a role for him to provide positive value, even though That's why he has no he had a job negative. Now. Yeah. He had, he had, he had negative 15 uh, outs above average. He was terrible at shortstop. Uh, we're not going to have a job if we don't go to our lovely sponsors at FanDuel. Thanks to FanDuel for today's show. You should get on FanDuel right now if you are a new customer because they have a sweet deal still going on. Take advantage of this deal before it goes away, honestly, because uh, if you're into betting, it's a good one. New customers get $150 in bonus bets if you put down $5 on a money line bet if you're a new customer. So uh, put $5 into FanDuel. Pick a game that you feel pretty good about money line wise if you're a new customer throw that five dollars on there and if it ends up cashing out guess what 150 bonus bucks for you to have some fun with buy somebody some christmas presents with um all kinds of things you can do the 150 bucks you can maybe buy one ticket to some event because events are overpriced these days we don't have uh other sponsors to take that money off your plate uh, or off that cost off your plate but you can make a little bit of money and have a little bit of fun on fanduel and hey, if you're not into Moneyline Bets, they've got other things, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get in on the action this NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. I'm not even going to say his name. We have moved on. I'm not going to say his name ever again. We have moved on to Gabriel Arias. I, I do want to make one final note, though. No, again. no, not this about is, a minute. This nope, is it. Nope, I just want to point out the fact that no one has signed him yet, even with declining and cheap prices for all those people who went ballistic at the deadline about the small return. This is why <laughs> now Gabby Arias, uh, Mr. What a year for this, for him to be like publicly called out for not hustling uh, and benched to a given the starter. I job. don't know that he was publicly called out. But... I mean, it was slipped through multiple it was it was listen we were told that uh other people were told that that was the worst kept secret there were uh, people who were told that who who have like 50 person accounts like that information they kind of let go uh but then when we had an opening at shortstop do they go to rokio the guy who's been you know the top prospect the golden child coming up and through the system the shortstop of the future no they went to gabby arias so I don't know. I I get it. Like of all of those shortstops, he's got he's the best defender of the group. He's got the big arm. He's got he's the only one with power potential. He had really weird splits a year ago, um, where he was really Dude, effective. Does not describe it. <laughs> uh, the Guardians obviously missed. You're supposed to go to Jared and not go to Gabby. Everything's Jared's fault. But um, yeah, the, the left-handed thing is just. Couldn't I don't understand. And that, that's the funny thing about all this time is you had a perfect shortstop platoon. You could yeah. easily play Rosario. We weren't talking him. about him. <laughs> all right, that's, that's on me. All right. You could play the shortstop who shall not be named there for seven the shortstop who lives. And lives still and living. Lives He's trying lives. to improve. I, I, you know, I applaud that effort, but you could have played him at shortstop for seven innings against a lefty 
put Arias in as a defensive replacement when you're winning, when it's close, yeah. or you just play Arias against righties. And Arias last year against right-handers, a 119 WRC plus against lefties, negative 11. He was he was Cam Gallagher bad against left-handed hitter, left-handed pitchers, which I don't understand. Like I don't know how you could be that bad against one side of the play, especially when there's no way anybody could be as bad offensively as Cam Gallagher. Like he was painful to watch. I'm not I'm not going to mention him on the show anymore either. And yeah, Arias is probably the best defensive shortstop I've seen um, in this system idea. in a long time. Here were the players a year ago with a 119 uh, runs created plus in baseball: Anthony Santander, who everyone wants to trade for, Kyle Schwarber, and Will Fantastic Smith. Player. Fantastic. And then the guys, and then best you got actor of all time. At 120, you have Christian Walker and Jake Berger. At 121, Francisco Lindor. Like, in the range of the Guardians could have had Francisco Lindor at shortstop last year. Yeah, I mean, Spencer Steer, Ian Happ, guys we talked about yesterday, were at a 118. They were below that 119. So against righties, this is the group of players he offensively performed at that level. And what's fascinating to me is I know he was not ideal. I know there's a lot of ups or downs. But my goodness, he has taken on that Carlos Santana irrational hate mantle from Cleveland fans. If I say anything nice about him, there are four to five people in my comments just ah, all the time. It's like my two-year-old when I say be a dinosaur. <laughs> you know, it's it's the same thing. Or if I try to, you know, say, no, you've had enough treats. Uh, it's the same reaction. For some reason, people really don't like him. But he's the guy who has power. He's got maybe the best power of anyone on that infield. His power is maybe in line with, like, Jose, uh, just in terms of raw. Not necessarily game, but raw. He's got swing and miss. People want this profile. Why do they hate him so much, Justin? Not to Why he's a do they hate him? Defender. And he's a right-handed bat. Yeah, he would fit perfectly in this lineup. Look, <laughs> the problem here with Arias is I think we've seen some evaluations that show that he is a high ceiling, low floor player. Like it's a very, mm-hmm. very extreme profile. Um, there were some people who felt like he was going to hit and. I think some of it coming off of 2021 in the minors too. Like he had a great year in AAA. This mm-hmm. is a guy at 20 years old, by the way, who came back from the pandemic, didn't play in 2020 at age 20. 2021, he goes to AAA, uh, skips double A. He's still younger than a lot of guys drafted that year. And he goes out and he has arguably the best offensive season of his, my, of his, of his career. It was a great season. And yeah, he didn't get a shot in 21, obviously. Uh, didn't get a shot in 2022, at least for, not for a couple of games anyway. He had yeah, health and in 22 health issues. 22, he was snow snake bitten health wise. Yeah. And then last yeah. year, yeah, he gets an opportunity and, and you move him around, you move him to right field. And it took a while for him to accept the idea of not playing shortstop every day. And I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't know if he got any better at shorts when he was a shortstop full time or not. And, and I feel like when I looked at it, like I, I last year, I'll double check now, but it, I thought, oh, hey, look what happened. And then it, at first, it looked like it was going to be that situation where, oh, hey, he's playing shortstop and he gets, but then it kind of petered out. So then it, it, he kind of was just the same dude. I'll double check, but that was my. Yeah, I don't know if, if that actually happened or not. And I would be, I'd be more cautioned to say that's, 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 uh, you know, causation doesn't equal correlation, but there and is something to be said more regular playing comfort. time because that happened at the same time. Yeah. And, and there is something to be said for player comfort and roles. Like that does affect guys a little bit too. Um, but I, I, I don't know if that's sustainable or not. If, if he did end up hitting better as a shortstop then, but I, I do think it took, it took him a while to come around to the idea of not being the shortstop. You know, he played first base. He, he played first base in the playoffs in 2022, yeah. besides not playing there all year and actually did pretty well in his start there when they decided, Oh, they finally realized Owen Miller was unplayable. He is not a terrible defensive right fielder. And honestly, to me, if you give Arias reps, any position in baseball, but catcher, 
center field, any, any position. I think he can play it. He's got athleticism. He's got an incredible arm. He is a, a guy he plays. I think he, I do think he plays hard. I do. I think he, he, I think it was less about his hustle and playing hard than it was him just believing he should have been the shortstop. I think he felt like he deserved that role. And and if you look at the shortstop who shall not be named, uh, he did deserve that role, especially with how things went last year for Cleveland. They should have turned the page much sooner. That was a big problem last year. So I don't blame him for believing he belonged there. And I do think some, I think if you're an athlete, you have to have yes that level of confidence. I don't want to say arrogance or cockiness because that's a little too far, but you have to have that level of confidence. But I do think maybe from what we heard, some of that confidence was a little detrimental in accepting the idea of playing right, of playing second, of playing third, of playing first. Um, but again, it, it's a Gabriel Arias is all star upside. He can play, he could be a 20 home run shortstop with gold glove defense in the Clevenger deal. It was not Naylor, it was not Quantrell. This was the centerpiece. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still a big believer in the in, in the upside. I don't know if he's ever gonna reach the upside. It's very volatile. Um, I don't think the strikeouts are that bad. If you look at the strikeout numbers, it's 26 percent against right handers. And against left-handers, it's obviously much, much worse in the 45% range. Um, if he never figures out left-handers, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do. Like, you can easily create a role for him where he plays against right-handers next year and figure out the rest later and just mm-hmm. get him into a spot where he feels confident and comfortable and, and take take the right-handed production out of him and, and he... ease him into lefties if you have to and, and see how it goes. I know, I know people don't want to experiment in 2024 yeah. because, you know, you're not trying to waste – more of Jose's, you know, I don't want to say peak anymore, but the best years he has left by experimenting at shortstop. But um, I'm, I'm okay with, with putting res- or, or Arias at short against righties, figuring out what you do against lefties, which, you know, hey, could have yeah. been the shortstop who doesn't be named and but adjust time, from what's from there. You know, like maybe they'll do the thing that they wouldn't do in the past, which is move them up and down the lineup. Like have them bat fifth or sixth against righties and you can have right. him bat ninth against lefties. And why can you get away with that? Because the defense is good enough, right? Like the defense doesn't sleep here. That's the one thing. And if you have how many teams in my lifetime have put out absolutely putrid offensive shortstops because of their glove, like his glove is enough to carry him against lefties. Is it the ideal? No, but uh, you know, I used to be all about immediately jumping to the platoon. And then last year, Josh Naylor kind of showed me the air in my ways. Now that could be more of Josh Naylor than the rest of the league. But, you know, throughout his career, I do not believe when we looked in the data, Gabby Arias struggled against lefties. So in the minors he, as much. So I did I did pull it up. If you're watching on YouTube, the stats were scrolling on the bottom. In 2022, he did struggle against lefties. It's the, the weird year. But in, yeah, in 2021, he didn't really struggle. He no. he wasn't great against lefties in the minors. He was slightly bad, bad worse than against right. So he had, in, in 2021, his first year in AAA, uh, he had a 757 OPS against lefties and an 814 against righties. So it's not a heavy platoon split. Um, so maybe 2020 is just a fluke. Maybe 2023 is a fluke. I don't know. He definitely should work on it. And we should definitely uh, move on to talk about Brian Rocchio and uh, which Guardians prospect is next at shortstop. Is he the next big name? We're going to talk about it. Or Brian Rocchio. Everybody, uh, and I very quickly, yeah. five players played shortstop for the Guardians this year. This is an easier one. Name the five. I think you'll get this one pretty easily. Well, I hate to tell you, I'm looking at it in front of me right now because oh. I, 
I put the graphics together. <laughs> it's it was Rosario. Dan, you made me say the name. Okay, shortstop who may not be named will not be named. Uh, Arias, Rocchio, Freeman, and Tana. Yeah, I mean, I think most people who follow the games would have known those five. Like maybe Tana is yeah. the hardest one, but I'm not taking anything seriously. For, I know Rocchio got 345 plate appearances last year, and it wasn't great. I am a little concerned about the swing and miss considering he didn't do it a lot in the minors. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was the thing he never did. But my concern with the minors too, is like he played in a bandbox. He played in a bandbox and couldn't hit it's He is the profile that fails. And and I say that in a way before everyone jumps at me where the margins are so thin that if one thing goes wrong, he's no longer a starter, right? Like he doesn't have a plus tool. He doesn't have necessarily a carrying tool. When someone is just straight 55s, if one Sorry, of those 55s... appearances. I was looking at yeah. Arias's line. I don't know. It's just it, when you... It, this is the profile that always scares me. When it just... It's... it's And people look at it and they're like, oh, he's a future starter. It's like, I mean, he could be, but one thing goes wrong, the whole ship sinks. Because there's nothing that's going to pull him up. You know, he's not a plus defender. He's, he's an above average defender. He's not a plus hitter. It's an above average when you don't have that one carrying tool, and I've always talked about players and carrying tools, you want something that they can kind of hang their hat on. He's got to do everything. He's got to be the guy we think he is. And if he's not, and most guys aren't the guy we think they are when they get to the big leagues, it doesn't work out. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that because you can probably count on one hand. This is unfortunate. Maybe, maybe it's growing a little bit, but there are probably, you might be able to count on two hands if I'm being generous how many guys in the guardian system have any tool that is 70 like Daniel Spino's fastball, John Kensenwell's raw power, even though he doesn't get to the game well enough. Um, Gabby Arias is throwing. Arm. He's not a prospect anymore, but Gabby Arias is throwing arm is probably 80 grade. Like you could count on probably one hand, maybe, maybe two, if you're lucky, how many guys in the system have one to 70 tool. They're right. There's not a lot. That, that's a problem. Cleveland has a risk averse profile where they, they like these guys with 45 and 50. By the way, we're talking the 2080 scouting scale where 20 is, you know, a guy who should Which be is like the antithesis of what I believe in because it's like these fringy types rarely work. Like, right. Yeah, because if one thing, guys, fall, if, yeah. Yeah. If, if one thing falls apart, if one thing falls apart, the profile is hard to be playable because, like, yeah, with Rokio, you're depending on the hit tool because the power is fringe and the speed is okay. And, I think, I think the defense is fine. I think there's some things to refine there. He's got good instincts and a good internal clock, but the range is maybe a little less than you'd like. It doesn't. He doesn't have Arias's range. He doesn't have Arias's arm. They're just more average, and everything has to go right for all that value to pile up and, and come on the field. So if what if one if one piece of that puzzle doesn't come out, come through for him on the field, um, it's the value sinks a lot lower. And I wonder if that's part of why. Cleveland hasn't been able to trade him and as part of a package or, or trade any of these guys for that matter, because we, they have a lot of very similar players, but yeah. um, I don't know. Gabby Arias was a plus defense, 60, 65 raw power. He was, he was that, you know, sexy prospect with some big ceiling. Cleveland doesn't have those types and they're so risk adverse to taking them. And you look at last year's class, the first two picks are those big ceiling gambles and, and you don't necessarily have to be a high school exactly. guy to, to be that uh, no no Richie Saxon uh to to be that guy but like I don't know it's just these very fringe profiles constantly and people are like why why can't they develop anyone it's like I I almost 
but then they they failed with the guys at the big profiles. So there's there's no real answer here that I, I can state. But my for a long time, it's like um so like Scott Cooper or David Cooper was like this first baseman the Blue Jays took in the first round, and he was like everyone's like oh he's the safest pick in the draft, and he's become kind of the poster child for this whole approach to me that I've always struggled with. It you don't want safety because safety is death, and safety is actually not safe because you're going for such a thin margin that these guys have to be perfect to make it. And no one's perfect. There's always a hole that's going to be found in the minors and you're going to fall apart. But big risk is those kind of big risk picks are the ones that lose jobs. Safer players give you a better floor and you may not. Not if none of them make it to the big leagues. Yeah. All right. So Um, we can probably skip over Tyler Freeman a little bit. We talked about him in the second base group and we don't believe he's a shortstop long-term other than being a backup, which is fine. That's a fine role. Uh, if you have to play Tyler Freeman for a shortstop, like a game. Tana, the uh, number two defensive option. Is that probably the, the defensively? Well, a 30, if you count behind Rokio and Arias, but do you think his Tana's defense is better than Rokio? I'm just saying defensively, just defensively second best defender, right? I think they're on par. I think they're on okay. par together. Um, is well in Francisco, the next big thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, some Jeff people say I, yes. Yeah, Jeff and I both do not love to get in the weeds too much about complex league guys because let me tell you, uh, minor league stats they don't translate well at any at any level for the most part. Like AAA is obviously the closest you can get for that, um, but even then there's a lot of discrepancies. But as far as complex league, you can throw all that out. You can throw all it out. Francis had a great year in, in in complex league last year. You can literally crumple up those stats and throw in the ball and uh, play that old paper toss game you had on your cell phone with it. Uh, it was it doesn't matter. But a lot of people do love the tools. People think he has high upside. And this is another guy who you're hanging your hat on the, the, the hit tool because everything else, speed, fielding, power, it's all average. And he may not stay at short. So you're banking everything on the hit tool again. Is, is Welvin Francisco next? Is he the next Brian Rocchio? I don't know. Anybody else in the system, Jeff, strike you as as next? We have uh, you know, Bill I, Watson, who I'd like to move to center field. Yeah, You've got no, Milan Tolentino. Jose Devers had a nice year last year. Um, they got Alex Mooney in the draft who I don't know if he can play short angel Janow at one time was a big name, but he's kind of fallen uh, Carson Tucker, who we can literally just also disregard. You know, I, I do yeah. want to say when you're talking about complex leagues, I have not heard someone talked up this much in the complex leagues since Dorsey's Paulino and Adam Abreu. Like, oh, was that his name? Adam? Or, it's like Abner Abreu. Hey, Abner yeah. Abreu. So, again, uh, Francisco is a really interesting prospect. If you want to make a case for a top 10, I get it. But just know that for every um, Juan Soto, not Juan Soto, uh, Fernando Tatis, there is, uh, there's 15. Or, or Ellie De La Cruz. Or, yeah. Or, or yeah, 15 Cruz. or 20. It's, there it's, are, there are 50. The, you know, the, the complex league is the scratch off ticket of minor league prospects. That's, that's kind of, uh, where you are with it. It's he's, There's a lot to love, but it's far away. I do want to quickly, before we get to the end of this one, we are going to have the bonus show. Uh, we're going to do more of the Let's Make a Deals. People responded very well to that one. Tomorrow, I, person. <laughs> yeah, uh, tomorrow is uh, a bonus show on YouTube. We're going to have a bonus show to, tomorrow uh, about Shane Bieber and what happened today. And then we're going to have a bonus show Thursday, my talk with Bryce. So there's a lot going on in the network or on, here so make sure you're checking out YouTube, checking out your podcast feeds. Thank you all for listening, being part of the team, and go, go, Guardians, go.